I'll tell you a story. Um, I was a kid uh, at St. Pat's downtown at the school. I had, it was like first or second grade. <clears throat> and I, uh, I, something happened at lunch and I was upset and I was crying. And, and like in downtown, if you've ever been in that building, the newer part, uh, you, you walk in, you go up to the office, the gym, you go down to the lunchroom. And so I was downstairs, I was coming up those stairs uh, from the lunchroom. And, and again, as I, I was, was crying, it was, you know, it was probably something as silly as, uh, you know, my mom had forgotten to, uh, you know, uh, put a, a hostess fruit pie in my lunch, you know, and, and uh, but I was upset. <clears throat> And as I was walking up the stairs, I, I noticed that like the, the light at the top of the stairs had been blocked out, and somebody had like there was a person there, and I looked up, and it scared me because it was one of the sisters. <clears throat> you know how the nuns are, right? And uh, God bless them. Well, I recognized that it was uh, it was uh, Sister Sister Margaret, lovely lady, and. Uh, she saw me, and I'm like, boy, I'm in trouble. And, but to the contrary, she, you know, she raced down, and that was quite a thing because you know, Sister Margaret, she was uh, somewhat of a, an apple woman, you know, and uh, for her to move that quickly, it was it was amazing. And and uh, but there she was, she was right in front of me and meeting me uh, on the on the landing there, and. She immediately got like crouched down and got on my level and looked at me and asked me what was wrong. And I told her, I said, well, you know, the fruit pie. <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, oh, it'll be all right. <clears throat> Don't you worry. And uh, she wiped the tears, uh, you know, from my face. And, and then she surprised me. She like grabbed me and like pulled me in and hugged me like tightly uh, just to let me know it was going to be okay. And, you know, a beautiful thing. And then she stood up and she grabbed my hand and she says, okay, let me, let me take you to your room. And so she took me to my classroom. Well, folks, you know, it doesn't seem like much, but that was over 50 years ago. And I still remember it, like it was yesterday. This lady and uh, Sister Margaret, what she did for me that day, I can see her face, I can hear her voice, I can feel that hug, you know, um, amazing. And I would, I would say that maybe I remember it because, you know, it was the significance of it is, uh, for all of us, important. Because uh, I think contained in that one moment, what she did, that is the whole missionary impulse of the church that we're all called to, to live out. And you say, well, what did she do that was so important? Sister Margaret, there on the steps. Well, she, she noticed me and she recognized me. She knew my name. She came to me. She didn't make me come to her. She came down to my level. Literally, she's crouched down and she was like right in my face. She got on my level and she asked me about what was going on with me.
And then once I had told her what I was about, she told me what she was about. She pulled me into her experience, which was an experience of, of Jesus. That in that moment of her bringing me in, she was giving me him. And then only after that did she say, okay, now let me take you to where, you, where you're supposed to be. Do you see that? What's going on there? That we're called to notice each other, see each other. She didn't blow me off. She went right, she saw me, recognized me, came to me, came to where I was, and then got down at my level and entered into my experience, shared with me her experience of the risen Christ, and then and only then did she take me to the next level. That's evangelization, right there. And we're all on for it. See, brothers and sisters, we live in a, a post-Christian world. I don't know if you knew that or not. <clears throat> that in this post-Christian world, uh, we can't count on the things we were maybe able to count on a generation or two ago. For those of us who are old enough, you know, the family supported the faith, the culture, society, government, education, everything supported the faith. Whether you're Catholic or not, the, 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 those things were there. And now look, now look where we're at. Does, does the family structure necessarily, now I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but in general terms, does the family structure support uh, the faith? Maybe not so much. Does the government support the faith? Maybe not so much. Does the culture support the faith? Does the education system uh, support the faith or propagate or educate us in, in what the, the moral life is that, we're, that we have been taught for 2,000 years? Well, maybe not so much. Those constructs are no longer there. So what is there? That's the question. So I say we're in a post-Christian age. Uh, we are now in an apostolic age. What does that mean? Well, look at Peter, the apostles. That was the apostolic age at the beginning. There was, the church was brand new. The government was hostile. Families were split apart by these, this new fledging religion. The culture didn't support it, didn't support the moral life of the church. It was completely contrary. We're back in an apostolic age. We're back there with Peter and the other apostles preaching a message that a lot of people just find strange and foreign. What was, and what was Peter doing? He was saying, uh, I'm preaching to you about the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he's saying this, the Holy Spirit comes. So here's the, here's the first indication that we're not in this alone. We preach, the Holy Spirit comes and does the work. We make ourselves available, the Holy Spirit comes and does the work. We testify to the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and does the work. And what did Peter say <clears throat> as he was speaking? He said, who are we to deprive our brothers and sisters of the Holy Spirit? That's a good question. Because if they're not getting it from their families, the government, the culture, society, or education, where are they getting it from? If not from us. That's what we're on for. There's no excuses. For us, we've been commanded. Jesus said, I command you. He didn't say, I suggest to you that maybe if it's convenient for you, preach. Or if it suits you, preach. Or if it meets your needs and interests, preach. 
He said, I command you, love one another as I have loved you. It's not optional. And in this apostolic age, in this post-Christian time, if we're not doing it, nobody is. Who are we to deprive our brothers and sisters of the gospel? If we're not doing it, they're not getting it. So there you go. This is our work. And we might say, well, I don't know how to do it. It makes me nervous. It makes me scared. I don't want people to think I'm strange. Well, I understand that. But that wasn't one of the conditions that Jesus put on it. Preach, love each other, provided it doesn't make you uncomfortable. He didn't say that. I command you. So we have to get into this mode of Sister Margaret, the Sister Margaret mode. She had something, and she gave it to me. What did she have? She had a relationship with Jesus, and that's where we have to start. How many of you, how many of us, have a relationship with Christ? We come to Mass, and I appreciate you being here, but how many of us have a relationship with Him? Where you talk to Him every day, where He's a part of your life, where He makes a difference in your decision-making, and how you live your life, and how you exercise uh, prerogatives in your married life, or with your kids, or or your work. How many? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? He's a real person, and he loves you, and he, and, he, and he wants to have this life with you. But he's not going to force himself on you. You have to make a decision, do I want a relationship with him? Because you can't give to anybody, and we are commanded to give it. So how can we give it if we don't have it? And nobody's going to give it to you if you don't ask for it or make yourself open to it. So there we go. That's the starting point. Sister Margaret stood there at the top of the steps and she had a relationship with Jesus and she came to me. She didn't make me go to her. She came to my level, literally. And before she did one thing, she asked me who I was and what my experience was. We enter into the lives of other people because we love them like Jesus does. Jesus always started his ministry, his healings, everything, with conversation. What do you want? Who are you? What can I do for you? And only then did he enter into there in, into that method and that mode of healing. Have a relationship with Jesus and actually care about other people. She didn't just blow by me and say, have a nice day. She stopped and took care of me and shared with me that which she had, which was a relationship with Jesus. And then once we had established that relationship, her relationship with Jesus, her relationship with me, she brought Jesus and me together. And then, and only then, she pulled me As I gave her my experience, she pulled me into her experience, sharing that relationship with me. Only then did she take me by the hand and lead me to the next level. See, even even after we've shared Jesus with people, we're not done. We still have to walk with them and bring them into this deeper calling. So as, you know, I'm preaching this week in all the masses, kind of setting the stage for Pentecost, Next week, Father Jack, myself, Father, Father Clayton, we're going to be preaching our masses on the Holy Spirit. And then uh, we're going to celebrate Pentecost together. 
And you know, one of the things we want to celebrate is that we've been working very hard as a parish to to kind of reimagine how it is we can do ministry together, so that we can experience together the risen Christ, to bring people into a relationship. All of our, our, our mission, our ministries, everything we are, 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 are not to like look at ourselves, but rather to look outward at other people in the world. How can we help? Nobody else is going to do it for these people except us. And so we, 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 we cast our gaze into the world outside so as to be able to do what Sister Margaret did. Recognize them, go to them, meet them at their level, their experience, and then pull them into our experience of the risen Lord so that we can take them by the hand and lead them closer to Jesus. That's what, a, that's what our celebration of Pentecost I hopefully, hopefully will be. To the extent that over this last year we've been working very hard with our ministries and everything like that to say, all right, how can we do this better? Even to the extent like how we look, how we sound, how we feel, our, you know, the, the mark, the, the symbol of our parish is going to be different. We're going to reveal that on Pentecost. We're going to show you what that is. And it's just a mark. It's an exterior sign. And it doesn't mean anything if there's not an interior change. The interior change is how can we put everything we are as a parish, as a people, as a family at the disposal of the gospel, at the, at the, at the disposal of the Holy Spirit? Who are we to deprive people of the love of God? Jesus commands us. Peter went out there and preached. The Holy Spirit did the work. How can we put ourselves at, 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 the, at the disposal of the people of God who need us uh, to preach to them? This exterior sign, uh, it's going to be like on the building, on our banners. It's going to be on our, all of our social media. It's going to be on our communication platform, Slack note. The bulletins can be completely transformed. Everything is it's like, it's like, wake up. We're in an apostolic age. This is a new time. And this exterior sign is the sign of an interior, deeper movement of the Holy Spirit in this life, our lives, the life of the parish, that we are being called to do some great work together. And so a couple weeks is Pentecost. Everybody that weekend is going to get, uh, we're going to have a nice celebration, and uh, we're going to have a few gifts for you. One of them is going to be a T-shirt with the sign on it, so that when people see you and they see St. Pat's, they're going to they're going to see that like, oh, what is St. Pat's about? And you're going to say, we got business with you. I got a message for you. I've got the love of Jesus for you. So, something to think about. And what I what I need you to do, what I'm asking everybody this weekend to do, is just to pray, pray to the Holy Spirit over the next couple of weeks uh, to have this infilling in your life and the lives of the parish to have this deeper relationship with Jesus and the, the, the desire to share that relationship with our brothers and sisters. In a sense, to put us in the place of Sister Margaret and say, how can I bring Jesus to the people that the Lord puts in my path? Pray to the Holy Spirit that that will be a gift that we all receive uh, this Pentecost. And meanwhile, I just want to thank you all for being such an amazing parish and a place where the Holy Spirit is doing such great work. So God bless you and thank you.